If you possess a unique strength, it must be used for good. From the chapter, The Doors of Perception. GWSN with weird quote. Did they like invent? Did they like invent things. their own Bible or something? Yeah. <laughs> like that? I don't know. I remember. I don't remember what the quote was from the first music video, but I remember I used it for the podcast, and so I used this one because I don't know what the doors of perception are, but they're quoting it in their music video. They're giving Luna a run for their money with like the weirdness of their yeah, basically. like weird broken English. <laughs> Yep. Uh, what's up, everyone? This is Nate from Truly Daybok with another episode of the Daybok cast. This is episode 113. Um, and as you can see, Jacob is once again not with us. Uh, he was supposed to be on this episode, but um, he's still having trouble figuring out a good way to record while he's in Korea uh, because he has like five roommates and so it's loud in his dorm and... And they party and, till five in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just, that's what happens when you study abroad in Seoul. I, I understand. Um, <laughs> I was there too. Um, but as always, I'm joined by Andrew, who usually has three things. Number one, this is a, this is a very weird thing of mine. Um, are you familiar with a rapper named Lil Uzi Vert by any chance? No. Never okay. heard of that. Name okay. Ever. So supposedly, okay, Lil Uzi Vert, like kind of a big name over the past couple of years, supposedly is a big fan of G Friend. Like he went on, I'm playing a video right now of he's on Instagram live, just like going on like a nonstop rant about like he doesn't care if everyone thinks that they're plastic or they're fake or it's too girly. He's like K pop. Apparently, he has like a G Friend tattoo somewhere as well. Like, so he is 100% confirmed buddy status. Lil Uzi Vert. That is incredible. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I how? I mean, it's crazy. Like the amount of people that actually find like in, that are like hardcore like hip hop rappers that are yeah. like secret K pop stands because freaking you know um Takashi six nine like he's in jail. Oh, he's going to jail. But um apparently he knows he knows what K pop is because he tried to like uh he tried to like steal a beat from like. YG or some type of like something like from YG I remember oh, really? it was involved yeah so a lot of a lot of like hardcore hip-hop rappers know about k-pop uh, despite not being or not despite not appearing to even know anything about something like that so just a very interesting sort of tidbit to start off with uh, uh hmm. number two yesterday I went through the or not yesterday last week I went through the fight of my life just to secure our tickets to the Studio Ghibli Museum in Tokyo. Um, they were pretty hard to get, but it's going to be really worth it. I know uh, Umu's probably going to want us to bring something back because she, her whole life revolves around <laughs> Studio Ghibli. So I'm super excited. Okay, okay, I, ne- I need to cut you off. I'm looking at this guy's U- Wikipedia page, and apparently he's a Satanist. <laughs> Wait, what? Woods has been accused of being a Satanist, originally by battle rapper Daylight, who claimed that Woods worshipped Satan. Woods has been said to be inspired by Marilyn Manson's worship and support of Satan, who he called his biggest inspiration. In July 2018, Woods told a crowd of fans that they were going to hell with him. (laughs) What the hell? So he's a Satanist buddy. (laughs) He's a Satanist buddy. That is... Yes. That is incredible. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I don't know what even, sp- I don't know even what spurred on him, like, ranting about, like, G-Friend and K-pop. It's, like, the randomest thing. Everyone in, everyone in, like, the, the live chat are just like, what is he even talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I mean, okay. that's... sorry to cut you off, but no, but no, that's hilarious. That, that, is hilar- that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Buddy in the world. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, imagine they end up like imagine like freaking he uh, G friend goes to like South by Southwest or something, and he's at the same venue, and he's just like in the front, like straight up like light stick and everything. <laughs> Apparently, his company took his Instagram access away because he promoted Satanism too much on social media. <laughs> well, at least he's funny. At least he's promoting K-pop instead of Satanism now. I mean, like that's that, that's that's an improvement, you have to say. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to the Studio Ghibli Museum. Uh, I just YOLO bought like all of the Blu-rays because I haven't watched a Ghibli movie in like a decade. <laughs> I already had all the Blu-rays, but I've never watched any of them. Oh my so, god! <laughs> I need to do that. Yeah, I'm gonna go in order. <laughs> yeah, I plan on to. And uh, number three, arguably the most important uh, news of the week, KCON New York is now in July, uh, the weekend, uh, July Fourth weekend of sixth and seventh, in Madison Square Garden, and at Javits Center. So, number one, this is in New York City. Like actual KCON New York is actually taking place in New York. Like for yeah, once. so now we can't complain every time they say, what's up, New York? Oh, God. <laughs> it'll be yeah, true not, now. Yeah, it'll be true. So uh, this is a big step up for KCON. Um, them being able to secure l- uh, the garden means there must be some big people coming. Like, you you don't get a garden date unless you have big artists coming. Because, I mean, if they're just going to get new... I mean, we'll go a deeper into it once we do our usual KCON predictions episode. But, um... You, there has to be someone big coming if if they if yeah, they secured Matt like because there hasn't been a Madison Square Garden K-pop concert since um, SM Town in 2011, like almost that's like eight oh close to eight years ago. So yeah, like this is big news. Uh, we'll see how it ends up. Jake, well, by how it being in July, there's a chance that Jacob could go now because before if it was like the last week of. June, he wouldn't have been able to go. The thing is, though, it's just going to be a pain in the ass for everyone to travel because it's July 4th weekend. So, literally, yeah. everyone's going to. Tra- you already bought your ticket, right? Or you already got your yeah, ticket? Yeah, and it, I got my flight, and it was just. It was pretty similar price because I booked it so early, probably. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So, if you're planning on coming to KCON, I mean, we're all going to be there, or I'm going to be there at least. Um, Nate will as well. Uh, definitely book early. Uh, hopefully, you can get tickets one <laughs> to, to, um, well, five to. We're actually going to try and get a panel. Um, I'm actually pretty serious about maybe we can get a panel for maybe something like for a Produce X 101, well, because we do Produce Cast. Uh, maybe we can do something related to that, or maybe we can do like a Daybot Cast Live sort of thing. Maybe just try to make it appeal to people who don't necessarily listen to the uh, podcast, just a general topic sort of thing. So if you're looking, if you're excited about that, if you want us to do a panel, um, just let us know your ideas. We're definitely open to suggestions. Maybe. Uh, once we can get into contact with whoever we have to get into contact with, because we have, I have all our friends are like, oh, we know how to, or we're they're all going to be on panels and everything. We just have to figure out how to get one of our own. So hopefully, hopefully, I'm I'm really crossing my fingers. I think that would that that'd be huge for us if we can get a cake on panel. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. our three things. Uh, minor note, just to add. I mean, I'm probably going to play a like a pre thing in front of this, but. 
the Truly Daybox server is doing its first annual NCAA March Madness bracket group tournament thing. So they just literally were recording in this on Sunday. They just announced the uh, 68 teams that are going to be in the tournament. So uh, uh, we're doing K-pop. K-pop idol March Madness, so I thought we might as well just do like basketball March Madness. So if you're interested in joining, you're, uh, please join our Discord if you're not already a member. It's mucho lit. Uh, the password will be the password for the group will be in the Discord, so you can enter and pick out your whoever you think is gonna win. I mean, you don't have to know anything about basketball. Literally, like you know what the you know what the odds are of predicting a perfect bracket in uh, the NCAA tournament? One in yeah, nine. It's like lottery. One in nine point two quintillion. Quintillion, like there's nothing that it, there's like no like actual like thing that exists that's quintillion. So like literally, you could just uh, you could just my dad just flips a coin every year. You could just like pick which mascot's cuter or something like that. Like all of it works. All of it you can probably do better than me. So I'll leave all that in the description below. Again, join our Discord to get the password to be able to enter the group and good luck. Because I'm probably not going to do that well. <laughs> Jacob did better than me last year. <laughs> did he? Yeah, no, he, he predicted like there hasn't there was never a 16 seed that beat a one seed, and freaking lo and behold, Jacob's the one. He picks the where he he got that pick and like literally ruined everyone else's brackets. So hmm. what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and as always, uh, if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, share, review us on iTunes. Um Join the Discord, of course. That's where you can hang out with us, talk with us, hang out with uh, an awesome group of people, and do crazy stuff like song ratings and idol visual um, March Madness brackets. And, and begging bots stuff. to give us money. Oh, yes, also <laughs> playing weird games on bots and trying to steal money from people. And, Why did you try to steal uh, money from me? I don't know. I kept stealing from me, and I kept stealing from him, and it kept failing, and I had to pay money every time I flew, fail at stealing. And he kept succeeding at stealing from me. It wasn't fair. Oh, he has, no. he has the most money on the server. Why? It's not fair. Okay. So I'll have to figure I tried out. stealing from you instead, and it, it failed. I don't have enough money or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you need 500 coins. Um, But, okay, let's move on to topic one, which is Epic High's Sleepless in Blank Review. Sleepless in underscore, 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 yes, underscore. it's, it's like I, 10 I, underscores. I, yeah, I don't know exactly how many underscores it is, but I, I, I believe that's how you would say it. <laughs> yes. Um... So yeah, we got a new mini album or EP from Epic High, um, which is why Jacob was supposed to be on this episode. Um, obviously, he's the biggest Epic High fan around. In the world. Um, and he doesn't have Blow Note on him. I can guarantee it. I have Blow okay. Note on him. Uh, <laughs> do you? Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll get to the first track, which is Sleepless. Um, and I thought this was a really cool, like, melancholy instrumental intro um, I like the mix of like the the in- melancholy instruments and then the computer generated voice, um, just talking about like loneliness and being depressed and sleepless. Um, but I thought it was like really good dichotomy between like having the the very mellow instrumentals and then the computer voice. Like it's kind of the opposite of that type of thing. Um, and then, but yeah, this just really hits the feeling it's going for. 
this is probably my favorite track on the album. Like, it's as stupid as it sounds. Um, mostly just because, uh, like, Epic High has spoken at length about the artists that they were inspired by, um, both domestically and, like, for, like, American artists, that sort of thing. And one of their biggest inspirations has been A Tribe Called Quest. And this intro is one of the most overt, like, tributes to A Tribe Called Quest. Um, in the early 90s, they put out an, uh, an album called uh, Midnight Marauders where pretty much almost every one of the tracks had a robot like voice speaking like this like doing like the intro to like the album explaining the concept of the album that sort of thing so like mm. I, I as I, I like a tribe called quest is pretty much like the first group the group that got me into hip-hop so to see this type of influence on it uh, won me over immediately um also, just again, like the sort of theming and the sort of nature of this uh, intro track, uh, there's almost sort of, again, you kind of touched on it, sort of the irony of like the melancholiness of the song, whereas a robot, something like fully devoid of the concept of emotion or like mm-hmm. human emotions is speaking about like loneliness and being sleepless, that sort of thing. So yeah, again, there's, there's, a, there's a bit of irony in um, the way that they approach this intro track where it's, it, it's full of emotion yet, and yet the monologue is being delivered by something that's completely devoid of emotion. So just sort of the irony yeah. between that was incredible. Yeah. Uh, Jacob's notes were, um, and just as a warning, Jacob has a lot of notes for everything. Oh, of course, of course. Um, Jacob's going to speak more than all of us. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He said, this is a perfect intro for the album. The robotic voice speaks to you in a way that's very sentimental and almost haunting, like some sort of post-apocalyptic AI computer speaking into the nothingness of the wasteland of the earth. (laughs) He got very poetic with this one. I think that sort of visual. (laughs) I think that sort of visual I got perfectly fits with this album, as it really reflects what one feels when they have all these things swirling around them in their heads, preventing them from sleeping. I love the theme of the album. Sleeplessness is one of the most relatable topics that I feel that, like, isn't super obvious to cover. And I'm glad Epic High has gone there. Mm-hmm. And like in all honesty, I can't make it through this track without crying. It's like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. just, or, or just like this into the next <laughs> one, especially. So we can go and we can yeah. go into that. Um, yep. Next is In Soul featuring Sunwoo Junga. Um, and for this, I thought it had a like fantastic instrumental intro. Like the beats, really great. And then it has like the glitchy, slower, melancholy instruments, which match with Sleepless. Um, I think. Mithra and Tablo still have like the perfect tone and flow. Like this is the exact type of hip hop I like listening to, mm. um, which is why Epic High is one of my favorites. Um, and I I think they killed it on the song and the whole album as always. Um, and I really like Sanu Jungha's tone. It's really interesting and like very mature. Yeah. Um, and there's like a little chip tune synth line that accompanies her parts that like really yeah. stood out to me. Um, and then also at the end, the, there's a fantastic string part that accompanies her ad libs, mm-hmm. um, that, that part definitely stood out to me as well. Yeah. Just speaking on that sort of like synth line that accompanies uh, Sun Wujung Ah parts, it's like this really like intricate sort of electric sounding, like triplet, triplet, like sort of arpeggio yeah. going up. Um, I just thought it was such an interesting, uh, mix of basically you've got this like really like old school, like boom, bat, lo-fi hip hop type beat. And you're mixing this like straight up, like mi- like early 2010s 
instrumentation type of thing um, with that uh, mm-hmm. synth triplet. It's kind of like the stuff that like Kanye Kanye was doing in like the 2010s when he made like uh, 808s and Heartbreaks or some of the stuff that leaked into uh, the Watch the Throne album he did with uh, w- with Jay Z. Like that type of like I thought that was such an interesting sort of uh, dichotomy between uh, the, the instrumentation in that sort of way. Um, Again, mm-hmm. touching on theming and everything, you've got Sleepless and In Soul, and just the entire tit- title of Sleepless and Soul in itself is a uh, double entendre, where literally you're sleepless in the city of soul, where, or it's also mm-hmm. meaning like your soul, or like being like restless, yeah. the, the concept of having a restless soul, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, pe- I feel like uh, Sun Woo Jung Ah was the perfect choice to for the hook on this song. Just her voice is incredibly haunting. Um, I my uh, I'm not really as familiar with her uh, work outside of I know she had like yeah, a feat. she worked with like IU or something like that. Okay. Um, and she wrote uh, twenty my favorite twenty one ballad. Uh, it hurts slow. So she definitely she definitely got that like emo thing going for her. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just perfect, perfect choice of uh, vocalist for this track. Um, and in all honesty, I could say this without a doubt now, having listened to this album repeatedly uh, over the past week or so, this combination of I f- of Sleepless and In Soul, I feel, would have made for a way more impactful single than Love Drunk, in all honesty. I mean, I'll get into like maybe my, my issues with Love Drunk, but I feel like just this was... I, I felt like they, they should have just gone with this, because... It, it, it was the most impactful um, combination of songs in the entire album, and I felt like it would have made such a good music video. I mean, they wouldn't even have yeah. had yeah to change much in all honesty. But I mean, oh, we'll just get to, we'll get to that when I want to speak about Love Drunk, I guess. Yeah. Um, Jacob said the intro leads seamlessly into the opening instrumental of the song, which again cleanly transitions into a really nice progressive hip hop beat, which is something that I that is definitely familiar for Epic High fans. And is what I was expecting coming into this album. Sun Woo Jung-ah's vocals are amazing on this track. They really fit the tone of the song really well. Really great. And I'm curious to check out her other work. The lyrics deal with the general theme of sleeplessness due to the overwhelming thoughts put upon us by society and our will to succeed to meet those expectations. God damn it, Jacob. Stop making us look stupid. <laughs> well, it's because he actually looked up the lyrics because it's Epic High. That's like the yeah. only thing he looks up lyrics yeah, for. Yeah, I don't look... Which I, I makes sense because Tableau... Yeah, I don't really look up much of his lyrics, but I can definitely yeah. understand. You, you don't need to understand the Korean to sort of gauge meaning, at least when it comes to tableau. That's a specialty. Yeah. Well, and I know well you were talking about how like it matches like sleepless in soul, like as the double entendre or whatever, the double meaning. Um, but I think in this song uh, he is where he says he says he feels like he's back in Map of the Soul era. It's Map of the Soul like, era. Oh, beautiful, yeah, beautiful throwback. It's and, like. This is the kind and of this sh- does fit that type of music. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff like that, that he did. Emo, just hip hop, emo, like just like lo-fi type stuff. Like, yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like a throwback to that. So, mm-hmm. um, that was almost my English lyrics, but I had to go with weird GWS <laughs> and Bible verse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. Next is Love Drunk featuring Crush, which is the single of the album. Um, and for me, uh, Crush is just the king of features. Um, he's on everything, um, and I think he's fantastic. Uh, I thought there was a great opening for with him in the piano. Um, and then I really like the mix between like his soft singing and harmonies, and then Tablo's like angry rapping. 
Um, like that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, it's funny because it's, they're definitely inspired by Epic High, but it, it reminded me of, uh, like the Stray Kids stuff with oh, like Chong Bin doing angry rapping and then like the, the, some of the singing being a lot more I softer. swear, it, um, if, if Chong, like voices, if, if Chong Bin isn't on like a Born Hater part three, I will be, I will be, I will be incensed. Yeah, now that they're not under YG, they could have a... Yeah, they could, uh, they could also, put anyone. Actually, I, f- I, mean, no, I, was Simon D I forgot was, about this. They weren't even... On, they, not God. everyone that was on the on Born Hater was even under... Uh, yeah. Uh, under uh, YG um, or anything, so... Yeah, but wasn't Sugar on this album, but where... I don't understand. Like, uh, I remember them talking about him being... Next song, next song, next song. Did he just help... It's produced. next song, okay. Yeah. It's just because... Oh, he produced that, okay. Because I was going to say, he didn't feature. Like, they didn't actually mention his name anywhere. So I wasn't sure where... Where he ended up being. Okay. Um, but yeah, for the song, like I said, the mix was great. Um, I think string and piano based, like pop and hip hop, I've talked about a lot, has always been like my favorite types of songs. Um, and this is like a perfect example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the music video, it's really aesthetic. Uh, but why is Ayu doing martial arts with magical powers? I don't very know. Confused. I don't. I, it looks I, I, really pretty, but well, it was I, very confusing. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's Ayu and Jin Soyeon, who is I believe an actress, doing like kung fu shit. <laughs> like, that's all I yeah. can explain. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and I guess that might be one of my uh, first issues. Not 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 Ayu and Jin Soyeon, but um, I'd say like the actual music video, like the mixing of it, where literally I could I couldn't even hear the song because like the little whoosh 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 of them yeah, doing like the cross, effects, like yeah. kung fu shit was like. I could barely hear the song, so I feel like that, yeah, that was an oversight on their part, if anything. Like, if you're listening to this album for the first time, I suggest actually going to listen to Love Drunk, like, the song first before you go watch the music, because the music video is great. Like, I I enjoy the music video, but yeah, it's it's, it's hard to hear the song or hard to contextualize it uh, in terms of the music video, because all you're going to be hearing is just, like, awesome kung fu noises, basically, the whole time. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, that's what I did. I listened to the album on Spotify, and then I went yeah. back and watched a music video. Yeah. Um, I'm in a weird spot with this song. Cause I, I mentioned before, I felt like um, Sleepless in Soul would have been a better um, single. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just because I feel like with this, because I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest Crush fans out of all of us. And maybe in that case, that were, my expectations might have been a bit too high for a friggin' epic high and crush collaboration where it kind of just it, it kind of felt like it, it hit par if that makes any sense yeah, like it, it like i feel like yeah it didn't blow me away necessarily it definitely it just feels like a crush song and that's not necessarily that's never a bad thing in all honesty it just yeah. i felt like they could have brought something or uh, maybe i was expecting a lot more from a collaboration this significant or incredible between uh two like artists that i've been really big fans of for the longest time now especially crush so i mean yeah this is it's it's your it's your pretty standard crush feature where he he does like he almost does like 80 percent of the song in all honesty but i mean that's that's crush i like that part about crush where he, he yeah. definitely he definitely does uh steal the show on a lot of the songs despite being a feature i mean it's just still an enjoyable song again i'm not hating on it too much it's just yeah i mean your expectations were really yeah, high. Yeah, your expectations were a bit high, and I feel like, I, get, I still, even if I enjoyed it more, I still feel like Sleepless, the combination of Sleepless and Soul would have just been a better, 
a better representation of the album, in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's that's ultimately how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob said, as previously with his feature on the last album, Crush's vocals on the hook really pair well with Tablo's rap. The presence of strings and pianos is something that I always love to hear on Epic High's tracks. There isn't nearly as much as there should be present in modern hip-hop these days, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does Epic High please me with their rap and lyrics, but on a production level as well. The songs sound as beautiful as even some of the best ballads. Um, the lyrics of the song reflect another element that contributes to the sleepnessness, and it's the experience of, as the title suggests, being love drunk. It mm. deals with themes of trying to forgive and forget someone the speaker was once in love with. Yeah, and th- um, apparently that's like the whole relation to like the, I don't know, kung fu. Like they're literally fighting the, over like the relationship or something. I don't know. Something I don't know. Like, that. like Ayu walked into her house and there was like a dead bird and like freaked out and then they started fighting and then Ayu kills her and then Damn. starts getting drunk and it it was weird. But dang, Ayu was like go straight watch up, it. Yeah, go watch it. Like she's straight up like Bruce Lee like. Like nin, like the like the tabby shoes and everything, like oh, yeah, it was, yeah. it's really cool. Traditional martial artist outfits. Mm. Yep. Uh, next, we have Eternal Sunshine um, of the Spotless and, Mind. Like, <laughs> not quite. Um, and like Andrew said, so this is the one that was produced by Shuga, uh from BTS, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, for me, uh, the funk beat to the song is just fantastic. Um, it stood out instantly, and I loved it. Um, and I really like, so I, this actually like credit to sugar. Cause I think the production on the song is really cool. Oh, um, one of his best. like the, like, I really love the layered vocals and like different volumes they use throughout the song. <clears throat> it gives the impression that there's more members of Epic high when there's only two of them, two of them. Yeah. Cause there's like two or three different tablo parts being layered and yeah throughout the song and like two or three mithra parts so like it was a really cool production and definitely stood out to me yeah that's another thing i had to just note or of is just suga suga is like he's not just a name he's an actual good producer uh hopefully this mm-hmm. time he won't be b- barred from collaborating with epic high because of stupid dating scandal <laughs> like, that, that's why he can't work with suran anymore is because everyone um i was like oh my god he's dating suran how dare you sort of like nonsense like that so um i hope hopefully she'll work with her again but i mean this stuff is just you can you, you definitely tell that like with, with some of like the outro tracks that BTS does or like some of like the hip hop like old school hip hop style tracks that BTS does, you could tell mm-hmm. that all all of them like uh, looked up to Epic High, and it, it's awesome yeah. to see Sugar like just do this perfectly. He knows how to tailor um, production for um, whatever artist he's working for, whether it be himself, whether it be uh, Sudan, whether it be Epic High in this case. Um, Obviously, I'm gonna. I'm a huge sucker for anything. Then it's literally like the opening sound effect of this. It's literally someone dropping a cassette tape into like the player yeah. and everything, and like you hear like the sort of like wind up lo-fi type of thing. I love how they bring that um, pitched up voice back towards the end of the song. I I, yeah. I hate when they like only just leave that for the intro and they never bring it back. But that's a cool sort of detail. Also. Probably my favorite Mithra verse on the entire album. On this, he killed it. In all honesty, so yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jacob said, I really love the way the track transitions from its initial lo-fi vibe into the normal high-fidelity audio quality that's consistent through the rest of the track. The production as well as rap style really reminds me of a track you'd find on Epic High Records from 10 plus years ago, and I really think that's the biggest charm of this song for me. 
The title is a reference to a really great film, which you made a joke about, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I recommend, if you haven't seen it, the lyrics continue the common themes of insomnia and anxiety. And I mean, I think that's I've just... I've never actually seen that movie. Yeah, so. I, 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 I watched my sister and her boyfriend watch it, but I mean, I don't understand it what? entirely. <laughs> or like... Or, I will... <laughs> Are they? I was in the same room as them while they were they were watching but you it on like really the TV. I was all I know is it's just like an emo Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> it's about like yeah. erasing or so, or actually or no 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 no, no not, not not that one. Um, I'm thinking of no that is that is the Charles Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, where you're just literally erasing people from your memories and that sort of thing, like some really creepy mm. uh, dystopian shit. But um, and just to touch up on another thing, like Jacob, like noted like about how it sounds like stuff that's epic high was putting out like 10 plus years ago i think that's just a, another one of epic high's just selling points and charms is that they're they're timeless essentially <laughs> they're timeless like the, the music that they make now is as relevant and uh, as modern sounding as it was just like back then so that's just another just the tributation to the how great this group is mm. yeah uh next we have no different featuring yuna not SNSD's Yuna. Not an SNSD's Yuna. Yuna. Or, or FF, Final Fantasy X's Yuna, even though it's about the same. Um, I thought, like, at the beginning, there was a great use of the bass drum to mirror heartbeat. Um, that was really cool. And then I really liked the minimalist instrumentals um, and the use of Yuna singing more as a, an instrument um, by, like, modifying it and adding, like, that Doppler effect. Hmm. Um, they, like, use like before when she's not even saying like while they're rapping she's still there mm. as part mm. of the instrumentals almost yeah um and i thought her voice was fantastic it fits really well in this type of song and like crushes it contrasts with epic High's rapping style like perfectly mm. um so yeah the song was really really good uh for those of you that don't know uh yuna God, when did she first break out? Like 2010, 2011? Um, like, it's... I first heard of Yuna's music um, when I went to MTV Iggy for 21. <laughs> so yeah, MTV had this whole thing where they're like, oh, it's showcasing international um, musicians and that sort of thing. I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, she's from Malaysia, uh, she wears like yeah, a headdress sort of thing. Now. Yeah. So she like the first second I heard her, I was in love with her voice. Like the first thing I heard from her was a cover of uh, Come As You Are by Nirvana. Just like this. And she completely changed the song up entirely. It was incredible. Um, Like I've been a big fan of her music before I even just like got serious about her this series about K-pop. So f to see her sort of like come full circle and uh, do a collaboration with someone as big as Epic High, I was, I, this is probably, it's a front runner for one of my favorite collabs of the entire year. In all honesty, I'm just super happy to see, you know, getting this sort of recognition. Uh, and she, she completely steals the show with this hook. Like, again, I, I'm glad that I hope more people look into her music because she's done, her career path has just been insane, just, like, blowing up. Um, like, her first American song was with... She produced by Pharrell. She's done stuff with, like, Usher. Um, yeah, it's that her debut like, was with Usher. Yeah, just, like, all these, like, really big-name artists. She's worked with, like, Janae Aiko. Um, like, just really big names. And Epic High is just getting added to that incredibly uh, prestigious list. Um, I get... And, uh, before I forget, completely forget about like the epic high element of this, um, freaking Tablo again, his lyrics, lyrics are just a masterclass, literally just 
going to quote it straight up. He's like, I might not be the one. Could you settle for half? Just like even stupid, like, <laughs> like quips like that are just like, yeah. it's so Tablo. <laughs> it yeah, fits the song. 100%. It fits a song so perfectly. Like only, only he knows how to do this kind of stuff. So this, yeah, this is a front runner for my favorite of uh, the album tracks. Like yeah, it, it, it's just, a, it's a perfect collaboration for me. Uh, Jacob said, I absolutely love this song. I think it's my favorite on the album. Maybe it's because of the fact that it's in my native language that I can connect to it so well, but I feel like Tablo's lyrical genius is especially evident in songs like these. Simple lyrics that still have several layers to them. The first few times you listen, you unravel more and more within the meaning of the song, even though the gist of it is obvious. Yuna's vocals really shine, especially... Usually, really shine especially. She has so much soul and passion in her voice. After listening to the song, I went and checked out her solo stuff, which I'd actually recommend you check out. Mm-hmm. Yep, I second um, that, definitely. Go check out all of her albums. She's great. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Rain Again Tomorrow. Um, and this was... This is definitely um, getting into more modern epic high as opposed to the rest of the album was more um, like their old school stuff. Um, like the glitchy vocals as instruments gives a song more of like an indie pop vibe than like a hip hop song. Um, it's, so it's, it's like much more experimental poppy than the rest of the songs in the album. Um, but I like it for that. I, I like their experimental side too. Um, as much as I love their original style and their mm-hmm. like more emo hip hop, like I like when they do mix it up with things like this. Um, and as usual, their rapping's fantastic too, so... Again, Tablo, the master lyricist, literally saying freaking beats to relax and study to. <laughs> yeah. You know, what the, you know what that is right. The chill beats to relax and study to YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah basically just making references to that. Um, <laughs> so that that literally made me laugh the first time I heard it. Uh, so it's definitely a different sort of style compared to whatever every everything else on this um at first i didn't like it as much just because i felt the chorus just was a tad repetitive but i completely forgave it for the way it transitioned into the next song which we'll get to but i mean yeah that's definitely the redeeming element of it just like again that it's a perfect transition between this and the last song much in the same way that sleepless and in soul had excellent transitions uh between one another Mm mm-hmm uh, Jacob said, in contrast with Eternal Sunshine, the song reminded me more of Epikai's more recent sound. This track would feel right at home on We've Done Something Wonderful, yep. which is one of their best albums to date. The beat gives me similar vibes to Bleed, which was the standout track of the album for me. The laid-back rap style in the song was really effective as well. And finally, we have Lullaby for a Cat, and like you mentioned, um, it continues the end of the last song, um, becomes the beginning of the song, and this is more of an in- an outro um, and it just leads into a short rap with a really, really amazing string solo. Oh, um, it's so it was, good. it was fantastic. A great way to end the album. Um, so literally whenever I go into Epic High albums, um, like, I guess again, it, they're probably one of the few groups that still understand or utilize the concept of an album where it's supposed to be meant it's supposed to listen you're supposed to listen to it in its entirety as opposed to just a smattering of singles and b-sides sort of things and just the way that these rain again tomorrow and lullaby for a cat book and the way that they open with sleepless and in soul it's 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 perfect um 
again, Lullaby for a Cat has got that same lo-fi type of thing that Sleepless has. You, you touched on that string instrumental. Um, again, just going to add that piano part to it as well. Just overall, just a great way to end. It's literally straight up sounds like a lullaby, so hopefully Tavo can finally go to sleep now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, if he hasn't slept. Yeah. He hasn't slept working on this. How's he supposed to go on tour? Um, yeah. yeah, just it, it, it was a perfect way to end this album, honestly. Um, I'm, I, it, uh, and just the way, it, actually, if you listen to it on loop, just the way that it perfectly loops right back into Sleepless is just, again, they just put so much thought into arrangement, into just like how everything flows into one, one another, and it's unmatched. It's unmatched in Korean music, in my in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we will get, or well, and Jacob's, Jacob's notes, sorry, uh, he said the chill vibe of the song is a perfect closer to the maze, this amazing album. It's the kind of music you could study your sleep to, which I think is really fitting on an album where the main theme is that of being sleepless. On a side note, people on Twitter have been playing this song to their cats and they are actually being put to sleep by it. Hey. Tavo's mind was Tavo's <laughs> mind was blown. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um so we'll get to ratings. Um and for me, uh I gave it a ten out of ten. Um I thought every song on the album was fantastic. Uh, I thought the music video was very aesthetic, even if I didn't understand what was going on. Um, the cover art is really cool, um, and there's not obviously there's no choreography or styling to worry about. Um, so yeah, I thought it was perfect. Uh, I'm g- probably going to be on the low end of everyone knowing Jacob, which he's going to give. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I split up my um, my album or my music score. Uh, between single and album. So for single, I gave 2.5 points. Um, again, I, it, it's probably just because I was expecting more of it. It was still enjoyable. But in retrospect, again, it's it probably ended up being one of the least enjoyable. And that, that's that's that, that's like saying like... That's, that, that's not saying much with this album because I feel like I enjoyed everything from top to bottom. But it would... I feel like mm-hmm. as, for, as a single, it was kind of the weakest of the tracks in that retrospect. Uh, and it, in contrast, I gave uh, a perfect three point five to the album because I felt like every everything uh, on the everything in terms of album tracks was amazing. Just again, I've, as much as I've uh, gone on about like the the book ending and the the transitions between the songs, just it's it's textbook epic. I and they've they, they overall they they never disappoint. Um, Mm-hmm. Concept score, I'd give it two out of three of partially just because I felt like again the mixing could have been better. So, like I feel like you can get across the oh cool kung fu fighting scene type thing without just intermixing too much of the uh, the sound effects. Sound also, effects. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I, I guess it is it, it's kind of just like I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting more used to like Epic High's weird music videos, but I mean it's not as like groundbreaking as um, I don't know even some of like the stuff that they did for. Uh, like, like for the I think for the um, Sekai no Oadi collaboration, I, they either got like a fan to do like an animated music video or something like that. I mean, like I feel like they they've made more creative music videos than this, and I mean I'm not complaining because it's IU, but I feel like yeah they they could have bit they could have done a bit more, and also with um, we've done something wonderful. They did multiple music, I believe they did a few music videos or yeah, yeah I think they did it two or three. Yeah, they did. But a that few. was a full album. Yeah, that was a full album. So I mean, maybe one or two would have uh, bumped that score up, but so that'll total out to an eight out of ten. So, uh, no surprise, Jacob gave it a ten out of ten. <laughs> yep. 
no no additional wording uh cooper's notes were the intro immediately set the mood for the album really relatable lyrics love drunk didn't leave much of an impact on me which i was hoping it would since it was a crush feature uh, the MV is really beautiful, and featuring IU get it bonus points. No Different is easily my favorite track on the album. I love Yuna's voice, and the whole song has a really unique vibe to it. Uh, Rain Again Tomorrow and Lullaby for a Cat I thought were just one big song because the transition was so smooth. Really love both of these songs. Tablo's lyricism never fails to astound me. Uh, Cooper gives it a 6.5 out of 7 for music, a 2.5 out of 3 for concept, giving it a grand total of 9 out of 10. So, we do the math. Uh, we get be 9, 9, 9, 10. Yeah, so. 9, 9, 9. Oh, I give it an 8. So, 9. Yeah, so if you take one of my points, give it to you, <laughs> 3 nines and a 10. Okay, so, so then it'll just average like nine, what? 9.25. Yeah, so, so. 9.5. <laughs> 9. 9.5. Okay, so of course this is going to get a a shiny and um, definitely definitely. Def, definitely worthy of the rate. Our Trilly Devak uh, awards or like actual like shinies have been more rare, but I feel like every single album that's gotten it has definitely deserved it so far. So yeah, this is mm. going to be this is going to be there in, in the end of the year in terms of front runners for. Uh, our various album of the year awards. So let us know what your thoughts are on Epic High's Sleepless in Underscores. Uh, yes. What, your, what were your favorite songs? Did you enjoy the music video? Should IU have gotten an actual feature instead of just showing up in the music video? I felt I, I yes, wish I. She should have. Yeah, she should have. Also, <laughs> Yunha, the Korean singer, should have also gotten another feature because <laughs> her song, because Umbrella is amazing hmm. and she needs more Epic High features. And more yep. recognition in general. Uh, let us know in the comments below. Okay, let's move on to topic two, which is GWSN The Park in the Night Part 2 review, which Andrew will be leading. All right, we're going into... I, I've actually started calling them just Gungwon Sonio, just because I had to learn, because I had to learn how to freaking pronounce that for the uh, the Trilly Daybok Award video. Oh yeah, I, I had to click, I had to, I had to go on Google Translate and just like listen to it on slow mo like a billion times. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, Gungwon Sonio, they were a Park Girls. R- Park Girls, they were a rookie group from last year. They their breakout uh, single, um, Puzzle Moon. We all enjoyed it. Uh, so let's get into. Our thoughts on Park in the Night Part 2, starting off with the actual single of the album entitled Pinky Star Run. Uh, so you know how I said I enjoyed like their previous one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh boy, uh, here we go. How do I explain this in this one? Um, how do I put this in the nicest way? Uh, Pinky Star... No. It just, fe- it just feels like... It feels too derivative of Puzzle Moon, and I'd say that's probably my biggest, um, like, gripe with it. Because, I mean, it's still an enjoyable song, but I'm just like, this just kind of want to makes me listen to Puzzle Moon instead of this. Like, even if you look at the... It's even in the exact same key as Puzzle Moon. <laughs> like, I feel like... If, oh, if yeah. You, yeah, like, I feel like you could sort of get the same vibe as Puzzle Moon without having to kind of be blatant about it. And I don't know, yeah, that, in, in that in that way, it was kind of disappointing. But I mean, that's just, that's actually like the least of my issues with uh, the song. Well, getting our... 
You mean the most, the worst of your issues? No, that's that's the least. That's like there's oh, that's something. The least. Oh, oh, I thought you meant that that was the worst. No, no, no. There's that, that, I, the, the no. song itself isn't actually like the worst part or my biggest gripe. Um, well, one good note is Mia actually gets lines. Holy shit! Finally, mm. <laughs> like literally, if you go through like Puzzle Moon, she gets like nothing, and so yeah. she she finally gets a rap verse. And I think it's, it's worked it's, on her Korean. A lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it definitely shows. Um, and also, I think it, it's a good idea to have her because a lot of, a lot of their vocalists, it's kind of like an Eyes One type thing. It's almost exactly like Eyes One, where all, most, if not all, of the vocalists are very high pitched. Where mm-hmm. you need someone like a Hyewon or a Mia to sort of uh, balance out uh, on the lower end. So it's a good idea. I think it's they should. It's to their benefit if they balance uh, or if they incorporate her more into uh, the vocals in that sort of way. But um, I'd mm-hmm. say my biggest gripe would probably be with the choreography. In all honesty, because I I love the choreography for Puzzle Moon so much. Like they're one of the few. Because again, I have a lot of gripes with like girl groups, and I feel like a lot of it just like too basic for what I feel like. You're capable of doing and then puzzle again puzzle moon isn't like anything too crazy but the fact that most of the music video and most of like the focus was on like a lot of like hand tutting and that sort of thing where they made that the sort of central point of choreography almost um mm-hmm. oh, it, this one like the course is like the like the point choreography i feel like it doesn't even compare it feels like such a step back like there, there's a cool dance break towards the end like where it's literally just an instrumental but I don't know. I feel like it's the choreography that actually killed the song for me. Just I feel like you can make hmm. if you're making like these cool like dance electronic songs. I feel like the choreography has to match to it, and in that degree, it didn't. Unfortunately, for me, I'm still on the high of part one, um, and I loved it. Um, I thought like there's a really cool like bell part throughout the song in the instrumentals that I liked, um, and I think they're continuing the trend like you said it is very derivative but they're continuing this trend of having like a a girl group vocal song on top of like really interesting instrumentals instead of just standard girl group vocal instrumentals um Hmm. it has another house drop uh it has a trap verse that's like straight out of momoland's playbook at this point but i think it fits well um and I, I just think their vocals match, like, really well with these instrumentals, um, despite being, how, like, how complex they are, or, like, I don't know, they're not complex, but, like, how interesting they are, I guess is the best word. Um, I like the, like, cute talking part mixed with the house drop, um, and then adding, I, I thought it was, like, it was interesting, or, like, I liked it because, yeah, they took, there's, like, this cute more talking ish they're not really singing with the house drop but then as it goes on it adds more edm but it adds more singing um and so like the song just builds and mixes up parts really well i thought Mm. um i thought the rap line's fantastic in the song um like you said mia got lines Lines. really well finally (laughs) um and i really like the retro style of music video it's and it's it's very like orange caramel style like weird there's like multiple copies of them like all over the place and they're just like doing weird things um definitely like stood out to me in that way um but yeah like you said i i agree that the choreo is like pretty standard um and didn't really stand out very well 
but like you said, the dance break was really good. Mm. Um, so yeah, overall, I liked it a lot. I, I don't think it's it's better than Puzzle Moon, but I, I did like it a lot still. Next up, we have Talk Talk, uh, in parentheses, Thousands of Stars, Thousands of Dreams. Yeah, that wasn't on the iTunes. I know. So. I, why is it supposed to be like an like an like an acronym or something? Because that'd be Taz Todd, like, not yeah, Talk no, Talk. I, I don't get it. I because well, I, no, I, I, I think the song is Talk Talk, and then in Korean it's those words. Oh, okay, okay. That so makes sense. they just translated the Korean. Okay, but in iTunes they usually cut out all the Korean, so that just does that part hmm. doesn't mean there. So. I think just as a general sort of uh, thing with this album, I feel like the album tracks are definitely the saving grace of this. I feel like Pinky Star might have been the worst, uh, the worst song on this album because I enjoyed all of them. And one thing I do enjoy about it is because a lot of their album tracks definitely feel like they're going along the lines of a gr- groups like Red Velvet or Luna when it comes to their album <laughs> tracks. So I definitely feel a lot of that on this. Um, oh, 100%. Like they they've got like the whole like R and B future bass thing going. Like there's even like some sexy sax, which is always good. Um, I'd say the one tiny little thing that kind of made no sense is if you listen to the song like uh, through its entirety. The first time they go through the chorus, they go to like the instrumentals, kind of like this weird like upbeat type of thing change, which I mm-hmm. kind of felt like it killed the momentum of it. Because if you because afterwards they go to this awesome like uh, future bass drop that I felt like they should have used the entire time, and they actually use mm-hmm. that the second time around. Like when they go to the um, when they go to the uh, the second uh, the second time they go through the chorus, they literally just use that future bass thing. Because I feel like what kind of like makes it feel weird is because it kind of just that part is almost double time in a way. <laughs> like where it's just like the mm-hmm. it's like one two three four, whereas just like the rest of it's just like super chill and it kind of just picks up for no reason. I felt like they should have just stuck with one or the other but i mean regardless yeah. i still love this song because i just i, I i'm all for i'm 100 percent all for uh girl groups doing more future based like this and that's i think that's what my attraction to gwsn is is that they're all of their uh all the stuff that they do on their album tracks is always weird and like unique especially yeah. for girl groups so that's definitely one of the saving graces when it comes to this album mm-hmm. yeah um and like you said straight out of your words like in my notes the first thing i have is this this reminds me of uh something red velvet would put out because it has that like velvet r&b beat yeah um that like perfectly reminded me of that um but i actually liked how it picked up during the course um and like became more poppy and upbeat and then drops back to being more chill um i, I thought that mixed it up a little like well um, and I like the underwater feeling with like the echoey and like bubbly bell sounds and the instrumentals. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great. Like you mm-hmm. said, I, I think their album tracks stand out really well. Yeah. Next we have, uh, Bloom, uh, parentheses, True Light. So when I first heard this, I was like, oh crap, it's going to be Tropical House. But then I was like, oh, it's not the generic ass Tropical House. Okay. This t- this gets a pass from me. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one thing I really like about this, or two things actually, um, one is the second time around or the second verse, they make this, they have this awesome, like auto-tuned, uh, sort of like, uh, lo-fi type thing that, uh, 
effect that they add over to uh, the vocals. Like Mia gets more lines again. Also, mm-hmm. the one reason I again, it's another one of my like praises for the album tracks is uh, songs like. Uh, Pinky Star and Puzzle Moon, you're not going to get to like showcase the vocals as much just because it, it's EDM. Whereas something mm-hmm. like this, like, oh, the vocal line on this was incredible. Like, you, re- they really get to show off vocals on stuff like this. So I, I'm kind of almost wishing that they could incorporate this more into their singles just because there really is a lot of good vocal talent on here and I don't want it to go to waste. And as much as I love all like the EDM, uh, like house songs, I feel like, yeah, that this would mm-hmm. be a nice change of pace to incorporate because yeah, again, some of this stuff is my favorite in all honesty. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mirroring your, your like comments. I thought the vocals in the song are utterly fantastic, especially in the beginning and during the ad libs at the end, um, they stood out. Um, and I love the theme throughout the album with their, there's a lot of like bell sounds, like very mysterious sounding in the instrumentals, like all three of the songs so far have had them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it's keeping that there's, there's a theme to the instrumentals, even though they're different, they're different genres. Um, and yeah, I, like you said, it, it's not standard tropical house. It almost picks up into like a kind of a bit of a Latin style. Yeah. Um, when the yeah. beat picks up. Um, so yeah, uh, another fantastic song. And I do like that element of cohesion that they sort of, that's, that's one thing that's really hard, especially for new groups where they, you either fall into the trap of you just make everything like completely different or you just make the same song five times. (laughs) Whereas with this, they do, they might, they find that sort of, um, they find that unifying common element, that common thread throughout all of their album tracks that sort of makes it a full album in that sort of case. So that's definitely something that they ha- they have over um, just your regular n- old Nugu group. Yeah. Uh, next, we have Miss Ping Pong. Okay, where did this come from and how can Let's I get go. more of it? <laughs> exactly. I was like, what the fuck? Because like, when we've said that this group kind of pulls from like Red Velvet, we are usually talking about like the R&B stuff, not like yep, the... Nope. This is like stuff that they did. This is like Red Dress or like songs like the, like the really like, I don't know, like something like a bit, even a bit like Russian Roulette, just like that, like the happier, um, more... Uh, red side of red velvet and anything oh yeah yeah this is definitely red side oh i enjoyed it it, this is probably my favorite album track in all honesty i love it so much like Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't necessarily know if i want them to just straight up make uh, an album or like a single like this but i again i love how they're again i'm a big one of the like my holy grails when it comes to k-pop is variety um with just within groups or just within albums like this and i've definitely so far we've gotten it uh, where just like each album track has just been such a different uh different style while still maintaining like gongwon soyo's like their signature sort of thing just like i guess the weirdness of it and like something like this you wouldn't expect entirely on a uh a going sonyo album and i'm all for it i'm all for it just i always have like a weird ass track that you just throw in there so mm-hmm. no yeah i'm 100 percent with you i think this is my favorite <laughs> song on the album as well it's just super upbeat and like fun instrumentals it just gets you like pumped and bobbing your head um, like you said, yeah, it, it matches that red side of Red Velvet, so they're very, very uh, inspired by them, I feel like. Oh. Um, also, the one thing that really stood out to me, I love how fast the lines are during the chorus. Um, it, like, fits the beat and the mm-hmm. feel of the song really well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Love it. 
Mm-hmm. Also, like normally we kind of just get annoyed when all groups kind of copy each other. But I mean, I feel like in this case, like honestly, how many groups can you say take influence for Red Velvet? As big as a group as Red Velvet is, you don't really see all too many groups going in that route. Like if anything, most yeah. new groups go after like a Twice or a, a Blackpink type thing where... Again, where Red Velvet's kind of like built off of that niche R and B type vibe, and I'm all for I'm all for uh, more girl groups sort of going down that route because I feel like it's definitely something that's underutilized in K-pop. Like there's groups that dabble in it, like maybe like Luna and that sort of thing, but no one's ever fairly sort of made that their like stick, uh, other than like mm-hmm. GWSN. So yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, one and only, which is a cover of the Luna. No shitting. <laughs> <laughs> Fishing go on, no, shooting. Uh, so this yeah. is, I mean, it, you do get like a Luna vibe from this song, in all honesty. So it's got that like, uh, like house, uh, track vibe. To yeah, it. that's so, 100%. And I feel like, like I was talking about with Pinky Star, where it's entirely possible to do that type of like house vibe without necessarily copying uh, uh, Puzzle Moon entirely. I felt like this is like mm-hmm. this is the personification of that, where I feel like this song could have almost I've made a better representation of the style uh, than Pinky Star did. In all honesty, I would have I would have been all in favor yeah. of making this the the single, uh, just because I felt like it. it, it again, it, it's that um, it's that balance that I was looking for between um, having like these awesome like EDM house songs while still getting to showcase their vocals and. Again, you get the, they definitely get to showcase their vocals on this a lot. So that's that's definitely something that I feel like they should incorporate a lot more of into their singles. So this should be yeah. this should be the blueprint definitely for uh, how they sort of blend the album tracks and the singles um, in the future. Yeah. No. Yeah. I thought this was fantastic. Um, this piano based like deep house with like some tropical house mixed in. So obviously I'm gonna love it because I love house music, especially deep and tropical house. Um. Yeah, the song, like you said, I thought this was a good follow-up to Puzzle Moon, um, and I loved it. Uh, the one thing that stood out, I thought, like, the repetitive, like, ooh-ooh part during the chorus, I, like, is actually, like, really catchy. Um, I know a lot of times when songs do stuff like that, it can get annoying, um, but I thought for this song, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And... Closing out the album, we have Growing for Gru. <laughs> what does that even it's the mean? The name of their tree. Gru, they named, like their tree's name is Gru. Like Gru from friggin' like Despicable Me. <laughs> I assume it's supposed to be a pun, like Gru, like I Gru. Grew, it's I growing. Guess. The tree is growing. I don't um, know. I just think of the Gru. <laughs> it's spelled well. It's spelled like that. Oh, uh, like Despicable Me. We'll make a girl um, group. That'll be super popular and super weird. All of its, all of all of the titles will be broken English. All of our titles will be broken English. And we'll have a weird Bible versus, <laughs> like, straight out of like a fantasy book. I don't quotes. understand. But anyway, um, obviously I'm a sucker for anything future based, so I'm glad that they went future based instead of Tropical House with a drop. Um, I'm kind of mad that they didn't make more use of. They had like this sick guitar part in the beginning that they kind of just like kind of just like let go after the intro. Like you can't even hear it afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. I could say that they they could probably maybe have written the chorus better because it's kind of like the it's literally just kind of like the da 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 da. It's kind of them just like repeating words over and over again in that case. Um, mm-hmm. But it's 
the big redeeming factor for me for this song is towards the end they make use of this awesome just like lower pitched uh lo-fi type thing um vocal uh, effect because the thing is i feel like girl groups are so afraid of using that lower pitched um sound effect because most if you most yeah. girl groups it's always higher like it's like i mean you have stuff like on the extremes like with luna where it's literally just like like a butterfly, like all the way, like super yeah. high, where, as high as possible. Where uh, yeah, like I feel like girl groups could sh- make should make way more use of this, if anything, and it, it especially girl groups like Luna or whatever, or like Gungwon Sonya, where they're literally just making feature bass. Where literally, it, you see this in all feature bass songs, especially. So I don't think that they they should stray away from it just because, uh, like female singers have naturally higher pitched voices. So that's a, that's a really like good attention to detail that I want to see them incorporate in the future. Yeah. Um, it's Tropical House, so I love it. Um, I thought the rap verse in the song is insanely good. Mm. Um, and it kind of just came out of nowhere, but I think, like, this and the rap in Pinky Star, like, stood out. And I think this group, this group just overall has tons of talent, like, everywhere. Their vocal line's really good. Um... Like we saw it no less so in this album, but with uh, Puzzle Moon, like their choreography is really good and their dancing is really good. And then, yeah, there's this album has songs that show their rap line is really good too. So, um, yeah, just overall, it, this group I think is really talented and people definitely need to keep an eye out for them. All right, now on to scores. Um, this is probably one of the weirdest scores I've ever given, just because it's going to seem low for how much I actually ended up enjoying it, but it, I feel like it's the reason why I split up single and album into their own sort of things, because I feel like in context it makes more sense. So, uh, the album, the or the single rather, I gave two, uh, two points to, just because again, I felt like it was just kind of too derivative of... Uh, Puzzle Moon, whereas the album I gave three points for, because I felt yeah I, I enjoyed pretty much all of the album tracks, and I feel like yeah they it, they shouldn't be afraid to incorporate more of what they use in these album tracks in the actual singles. Like I feel like the appeal of Gungwon Sonyo isn't necessarily just oh deep like deep house. Like I feel like the appeal to, to them is more than that. It's also mm-hmm. this like feature bass R&B type stuff so yeah don't be afraid yeah they shouldn't be afraid to bring that out more in the the singles um concept is where I really get critical for so yeah I gave a concept a 1.5 out of three points just because again I'm the choreography and the music video itself kind of just didn't like it it wasn't anything too special either um so (sighs) Yeah, I expect more out of their, uh, I mean, you don't have to, like, do anything super crazy, like, you don't have to, like, collaborate with, like, a super famous, like, choreographer or whatever, but I feel like, especially with the sort of, like, plan of attack that they're going with, with these, like, EDM, uh, house-type songs, you gotta have a more interesting choreography than just how stationary they were with this, so Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll get something from them, something else from them in the future, hopefully... Um, it'll have a more interesting choreography that isn't just in like one dance break that lasts for like 20 seconds. So yeah. adding that up, that's a total of 6.5 out of 10. And again, like my, my, my scores are usually a lot lower than everyone else's. So that's, that's still a pretty good, that's still a pretty good, uh, score for me. Like I, if I really hated something, it'd be in like the three or the four <laughs> range, just like I yeah. did with like Itzy or whatever. So how dare you? 
<laughs> it's he is fantastic. Um, I've I I literally watched every live stage of Dala Dala. I love that song. Um, and I wasn't here to defend it. Uh, but for GW Sun, um, I actually like to preface this. I think they're probably my favorite of the new Goo girl groups right now. Um, like putting them up against like like Nature and Cherry Bullet and and like it's those it. groups. I think, huh? Not Even it's isn't new Goo. They're top. They're like big three. They they've won already. <laughs> okay. Okay. You mean like actual I, I new mean, like, Yeah, like girl groups that don't have a ton of fans that are from the last couple of years that are yeah actually Nugu. Um. So like yeah, Nature, Cherry Bullet. Um. What was that group that put out the song recently that sounded like Momo Land? Uh. Came out last month. Can't remember uh, their name. Uh, but, uh, I'll look it up. I'll go keep keep keep. Sat- keep was it Saturday? Saturday. Sa- Saturday. Like the, the, uh, Dream Note. Like, yeah, Dream Note. Exactly. Um, I think GWSN is easily by far like my favorite of those yeah. groups. Um, yeah, they're definitely I think they the have most the best refined music. Easily. Um, but um, with that being said, I didn't give it a ten, but I gave it close. Um, I gave it a seven out of seven for music. I loved all the songs on the album. Um, I. I don't think it's as good as the first album, but I I still think it's like yeah fantastic. Um, but I and I did like the music video a lot, um, and I liked the dance break. But uh, like you said, the choreography was just not as interesting as it should have been. Um, but I I was a little generous, um, so I gave him a two point five for concept. <laughs> um, so I gave it a nine point five overall, because yeah, really my only negative is that the like chorus choreography is just a little boring. too boring like you said <laughs> um but the dance break like made up for it for me so hmm. uh, they didn't lose out too many points so 9.5 for me um you want to do cooper's first uh sure so cooper says uh, gwsn i haven't really connected haven't really connected with me yet even though i love their debut and this album too. I love the music, but something about their aesthetics sits wrong with me. Uh, the MV is really well made, and the choreo is really good. What the hell are you talking about, Cooper? <laughs> uh, I pretty much love every song in the album. Favorites are uh, Pinky Star, TikTok, and Miss Ping Pong. Also, all their song titles are slightly creepy or just too long. Anyway, this is another great album. The production is on point as always. And he gave it a nine despite saying he doesn't really connect with the group. I don't understand, <laughs> but okay. Uh, what did he Jake... drop points for? Because uh, he liked the choreo. 6.5 out of 7 and 2.5 out of 3. So yeah, nothing was perfect, perfect. So Yeah. What did Jacob um, give it? Take a... Jacob said, once again, GWSM pleases with their style of music, which employs a very busy soundstage populated with lots of different types of sounds, such as pops, stings, claps, etc. I think that's the thing that appeals the most to me about their sound, is the type of instrumentation they use. At the moment, at least, it's very fresh for me. Overall, this album reminds me a lot of Red Velvet's The Red Era, with lots of elements that would feel familiar on an FX album. Every song is super groovy and is worth your time to listen to, in my opinion. GWSN is definitely one of the more promising rookie girl groups to keep an eye out for. Nobody else at the moment is really tackling the sound they're going for the way they do. Um, and he gave it a 6.5 out of 7 for music and a 2 out of 3 for concept, so an 8.5 out of 10. So doing the math and crunching all the numbers. 9.5. 9.5. 
It, it's like an 8.375 rounds up to an 8.5. That's rough. I guess that's a that's a pretty good place to put it. So I mean, for as low as I gave the the score, that like or I feel like yeah, most of my gripe was with um, Picky Star being kind of like a rehash and mostly the choreography that kind of just ma- makes me not enjoy the song at all. So otherwise, yeah, mm-hmm. like their their music still like was some of the most unique stuff out there. So if you're looking, if you're if you're a big Red Velvet fan or a Luna fan and you're looking for more stuff. Uh, that's not your standard like twice or Blackpink type song. Definitely look more into uh, DWS, and I think I think there's some there'll be something there for you. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the Park and the Night Part Two? Did you enjoy Pinky Star? Did you love the choreography? Do you think Mia should just get an entire song where it's just her singing Lean Korean? <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> oh, well, I, especially because she's a rapper. Yeah, so, <laughs> sing, singing in Korean might be pushing a little too much, <laughs> but she does deserve more lines. But I'd still oh, say my, I'd still say my, I, I'm pretty standard when it comes to my bias. I think my bias is Anne or An or however no, you're supposed so, to pronounce it. Sorry, sorry, Young is mine, the main vocalist. Because I loved, I love Anne's hair in in uh, uh, Puzzle Moon. Also, she, like her rap lines are awesome. Also, she when she, she's like the focus of like the uh, the toiling choreography a lot of the time. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. On to topic three, uh, we have Mamamoo's mini album White Wind, which is the end of their quadrilogy of oh doing uh, <laughs> seasonal album things. Even though we got two in winter, they missed <laughs> they missed fall or spring. I don't remember. They missed one of them, right? Because Yellow Flower was out? like yellow because it was Yellow Flower. Red Moon, Blue is, uh, and then White Wind, so. Yeah, and didn't Yellow Flower come out in, like, February. March? <laughs> yeah. February, even? I was just like, yeah. okay, so this is the winter the one. The spring one came out before the winter one in terms of months, so, whatever. RBW has no concept of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Okay, um, we'll get straight into it. The first track is Where Are You? Um, for me, I like the minimalist instrumentals, um, per usual, if you know me, that I, I, I like when songs do that. Um, they do a lot of really cool, small, like, solos to make it interesting, despite being only a few instruments at a time. So there's, like, different sections where different instruments get, like, small little solo parts. Um, vocals and rap are fantastic, like usual, to Mamamoo, like, it's what you'd expect. Um, the one thing that I wish... Like, the one thing that bugged me with this song is the where are you part gets, uh, like, a little repetitive. It's It takes up too much of the song, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, the part itself is fine, but it's just used too many times. Yeah. Um, And it just gets old. I think this... Oh, where do I start with this song? Like... <laughs> It just feels super safe and super boring. It's basically like no, it's the, it's this album's no more drama, just like the super ridiculously safe track. And I don't know, when I listen to Mamamoo, like what I want out of Mamamoo is not necessarily safe all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like this felt like, even the vocals kind of sound lazy to me in all honesty it's like where are you yeah. where are you where are you that's like that's, that's yeah, kind of exactly. the vibe I get I know that's kind of like they're going for the chill type of thing but it, it literally just sounds like they don't care at this point um, and oh man it, this is just like an omen for like how much or how little I was going to enjoy the rest of the album hmm. 
the most of the album I was fine with, but uh, next we have Go Go Baby, which is the title of the album or the single of the album. Um, and yeah, this is the other one that I was not really a big fan of. So this is just a more boring egotistic. And I think egotistic was one of my least favorite Mamamoo singles anyway. So, um, it's just, it, it didn't do anything different at all. It didn't do anything, Um, period. (laughs) Exactly. And then, well, not only did it not do anything, the song, like, so there's the different parts of the song. There's the triplet part. There's like the Ella Ella part. And all the different singing and rapping parts. And all of them sound so disjointed. They don't flow into each other at all. It, the song, like just like you said, it just feels like it doesn't do anything. The only notable part of the song is Moonbeal's rap, in my opinion. Yep. Um, which, is, which is standard. Like Her raps are always fantastic. Um, but yeah, the song itself was not good. Um, I think the music video is decent. The styling wasn't great for a lot of their outfits, though. Um, like the, the little, like them just having fun, like trying to go to a party and like people like trolling them and like switching the rooms around and they go to like a nerdy room and stuff like, I don't know, like it was, it was a fun mom music video, but it wasn't anything special. Um, and the, the outfits were like really weird, especially Hwasa's boots. Hey, um, don't sure hate on the, about. don't hate on like the freaking like the weird paper falling apart boots it looks like like hey that's like freaking some like level 100 like pauldrons or like yeah. like leg armor that yeah <laughs> yeah um, i don't know but yeah uh and the choreo the choreo seemed good but like the song was just was not great Oh, I mean, that's my starting point. The choreo for this was terrible, and oh, really? I am shocked I, by I, there wasn't much of it in the music video, to be honest. So and I no, really, I was just like, okay, I, I haven't, I didn't see much of it, and I watched the live stage, and they're mm-hmm. they're not even doing anything. In all honesty, there's not even any choreo. Just which, like the song. There's not. <laughs> I mean, it, what it's shocking to me because this was choreographed by Minam Young, aka like my favorite choreographer from One Million, and mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you can lead. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, I guess. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's some, there are some of the live stages where they perform like funny B-sides that I feel like they put way more effort into than yeah. they did with Go Go Baby. Like you mentioned, it sounds like a cheap imitation of Egotistic. I mean, I loved Egotistic, but I mean, this just sounds like, it just sounds like they got like the, the karaoke version of the instrumental yeah, and tried yeah, to make a different. exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally the only way to describe this song. Oh God. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of a letdown because I do enjoy the vocals in some part, in most parts of this song. But yeah, it just when the instrumental just almost doesn't exist. There's no point to like, oh, the vocals are good because it, it barely qualifies as a song as it is. And as much as of harping on like choreography, I know Mama Moo's not like. Uh, freaking g-friend type group where they're literally known for like how intense their choreography is i feel like you can try harder you can definitely try harder like you've even an ego the song that they're straight up copying egotistic has way better choreography than this like they got the whole like this thing going like i learned part of the choreography so i know how cool it is or whatever um mm-hmm. I, I didn't have too many too many problems with the outfits i like weird mamamoo outfits so 
That was, yeah. Especially, I loved I loved we Wee's outfit was probably the standout for me. I'm just a sucker for like bodysuit and like track pants and freaking bucket hat, like basically streetwear <laughs> type of thing. So yeah. Let's get to the best um, next, song of the album now. <laughs> yeah, next we have Waggy. Uh, and this is a cute joke song about dogs. So Mama always does like joke songs. Um, and yeah, this one's just like a really cute song and it's about dogs. Um, I think the beat is simple but effective. Um, it's very upbeat and keeps the energy going. Um, also, them making dog sounds is adorable. <laughs> Did um, you watch the live stage? And No, I didn't. Oh my god. Um, and... The solo, like, trumpet accompaniment uh, was fantastic, too. Um, yeah, this was this was way better than the single for the previous two songs. I don't think it's my favorite song on the album, but it's it's definitely one of the best. This is my favorite song. I feel like this is a better representation of who Mamamoo are as artists than Go Go Bebe will ever be, in all honesty. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I think of when I think Mamamoo. Not even just, like, the nature of like the funny nature of the song but even just like the way that they do vocals um i don't know just like everything about it just screams mamamoo to me way more than like go go baby did even the choreography for this was way better <laughs> they tried harder yeah. like they, it's not even that intensive a choreography but uh, the live stage is amazing it's literally just them wearing like kigurumi like the, like the pajamas that were dressed up as mm-hmm. animals like dogs and cats and everything like I don't yeah. know. I just enjoy this like way. Like if this was a single, I'd give this album like a ten out of ten. <laughs> like just have for, just for the balls to like put out a funny song like this as a single, because they've done it before. They've made music videos for like, like uh, God, it was. Oh, like, I think this like, will probably get a music video. Oh, it better. It better if they don't. It, like my score could entirely change based on whether or not this fact this gets a music video. Just because I feel like it's such an amazing song and more people need to listen to it. So. Like yeah. I take I take Waggy over Go Go Baby like any day of the week. Hmm. Uh next we have twenty five, which is we in solo. Um mm. so like we said, this was a quadrilogy and each of them got their own solo on an album. Um and she kills it with her super smooth R and B that she excels at. Um I thought the instrumentals are simple but effective. Um I really like the tiny piano line. It's like five notes and it repeats a lot. Um, but it's really catchy and it's used well, even though mm. it repeats. Um, so yeah, I thought this was great. Um, definitely the rest of the album, like from Waggy on, I enjoyed. It was mostly just those first two tracks that were just had, I had issues with. Mm. Um, I've, sp- I've used this term before of like Mamamoo comfort food and mm-hmm. yeah, th- I think that's. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm still I'm definitely a bit lenient on them is because I like a lot of these R&B tracks from them just because there aren't too many there are too many girl groups capable of like the vocals that Mamamoo often delivers on their albums. So that's why yeah this was this was excellent. I love Wien's voice on this. Um mm-hmm. I'd say the only thing is that these uh, these tracks just stand out way more for being good just because I hated everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the thing that I don't were not you, great. You, you can't really. I can't really survive off of Mamamoo comfort food forever, though. That's that's the ultimate thing. Where even that's gonna get stale for a while. But I mean, this is great. Like it. I don't know if you necessarily like. If I were to rank the solos, like between like, um, Huasa's solo. I forget it was like stay something. Um. Yeah, I can't remember. 
Um, I'll look it up like now, but if you or later, but between Hossa Solo, uh, Moonbills, Solars, and Weeans, I'd put this right up there with Hossas and uh, with Moonbills. So, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's definitely yeah, it's definitely one of the better solos. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad Weeans making more like R and B music as well because her voice is just perfect for this type of thing. Yeah. Uh, next we have Bad Bye, um, and this is a group R and B song um so it's kind of continuing the last song just as a group um vocals are outstanding as usual uh and once again moonbeal's rap stands out um the beat drop for it was fantastic and then she killed it like usual mm. um and i think the piano and synth lines really complement the song um because they're interesting enough but they don't like take away the focus from the vocals yeah um so like it really I think the mixing and the production on the song worked really well. Yeah, again, this is more Mamma Moo comfort food. Uh, yeah, that that piano line is definitely a huge standout here, and that, yeah, that mix of like trap and R and B on top of these great vocals. Yeah, again, it's just more of what you'd expect from a Mamma Moo album. So no complaints for me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, next we have My Star, um, and this is my favorite track. Um, I this is something different from Mamamoo and I think they did really well. Um I really like the sci-fi style sense at the beginning and the super brassy beats um that drop for the chorus. It's really powerful. Um it sounds almost like a guy group song. Um uh, vocals and harmonies are top tier. Um and yeah, I just love the power and the vocal and rap showcase of this song. Like I think this or the previous song Bad Bye should have been the single by far. Um, this is just something that stands out because it's different and good. Um, like you said, this isn't their comfort food. This isn't something they do a ton of, but it was, I thought they did it really well. I wanted to like this song so bad. You didn't like it? So bad. No, this is garbage. Mm. Um, like. I like it. There was so much potential here just because again, it's like that super powerful, the chorus especially this is like the super powerful like exo like nct monster x type of boy group song and i'm just like okay i'm down for a mama moo that does that but holy crap are these verses like so lazy like incredibly like lazily done i mean i i could i could get started on my like issue with how people just utilize triplet like rapping where it I don't. It's just a. It's just a fallback instead of creating anything more intricate. I don't know. Like, I would have. Like, even I'm. I'm trying to like separate myself that from it even being the fact that it's Mamamoo. Like, even if there was a boy group that did something like this, I felt like I'd still be critical of it just because like. It's really. It really is the verses. The verses just really let this song down because the chorus is really cool and awesome yeah I love, and it'd make like I love an awesome course. like video or like choreography to it but man they just really go nowhere with the verses so it's it just that's where it falls flat for me man it, it, uh, even when they branch out it's just uh, uh, i don't know i'm just kind mm-hmm. of at my wits end when it comes to mom who i don't know what the what the way forward is for them because they do have they have kind of tried everything at this point but Maybe they just need yeah. a break at this point, just because they've been putting putting out to putting out this much music over a year is kind of or like 
It's definitely a lot. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we have Four Season, the outro. Um, this is just a short, quick, piano-based R&B track. Um, I don't know. It felt kind of weird as an outro because it's like half of a song. Um, it's just like, it's not really an outro. It's like they started doing an R&B track and then it just got cut short. <laughs> it's like a, it, it's like a PV, it was, like a Japanese. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it, it just felt a little weird. Like, I, I feel like they should have just made this a full song, um, or had an actual outro. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they kind of had this weird in between that stuck out to me as just, I don't know. It was just a weird way to end the album. Yeah. It's not a bad song. No, it's not a bad song. If anything, I feel like Four Season is way better than some of the other songs in this album. Like, why why does this one get the shaft compared to, like, the songs that they decide to flesh out on this album? Man. Yeah. I feel like this whole album was just super confusing to me in general. Just, like, all the decisions that they made. And, like, in retrospect, it kind of felt like my enjoyment of each of the seasonal albums was just less and less as it went on. Because I loved Yellow Flower. Uh, Red Sun was pretty good, too. Blues, I had my issues with. This, I have a lot of issues with. So, I don't know. I, yeah, they they probably do need a break. Because if if we're getting, if it's that noticeable of a dip in quality, then that means they're just, (laughs) they, they, they don't got anything in the tank for them at this point. So, they don't got to force it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we'll get to ratings. Um, so for me, uh, I really, the only things I had issues with were first two songs. Like, where are you? I had, I didn't hate, but there are definitely problems. Like I said, I think it's repetitive. And then go, go baby. I just think was a complete miss. Um, and then fourth season, the only problem I had with it was being this weird middle outro thing. I didn't really have a problem with the song. Um, so I gave him a 5.5 for music. Um, it might be a little generous considering how much I didn't like Go Go Baby, but I really liked My Star, um, and the R&B tracks and Waggy, so I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I only give him a 1.5 for, um, for concept because, like you said, like, the choreo just was like, eh, and I didn't think the styling was that great, and the music video was okay, but it, it, it was just a... It, it was a mama music video, but it wasn't like a top. It wasn't special yeah. at all. So uh, just a 1.5 there. So I gave it a seven overall, um, which if everyone, if you know me as rating, that's like, that's, <laughs> that's like a bad, that's, a that's a bad album, but um, it's not, I don't think it's bad, but yeah, it's definitely not, not great. It's not amazing at all. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to revisit like, much off of this album except Waggy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going into my scores, 1.5 for the single, uh, and even that's being kind of generous. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, using your rating, I would probably give a 0.5 or a 1 <laughs> if I had rated that's, just... Yeah, Go that, that's me there. being generous, like, because I, I do feel like the... Just because it's... that. That score is just like entirely riding on Mamamoo's like vocals. Like even on bad songs, their vocals yeah. are still stand out. So yeah, exactly. Um, album, I gave a three. <laughs> Literally, the album tracks are pretty much the saving grace of this. And concept, I gave a straight up one <laughs> out of three because yeah. like uh, my gripes with the choreography. Um, I just felt there was nothing interesting about the music video. It's something that they've done a kind of like before like they really got to do something new with their music videos like they can i don't know just at this point i don't feel the creativity of it and 
So that's a total of a 5.5 out of 10, which is, I never expected to give a Mamamoo album this low of a score, and I don't know if I'll, probably all the Mamamoo's are going to come from my head, but I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's a group I love, so maybe that's why I'm being pretty strict on it, but I just expect... Yeah, like you're, pull, you're pulling the Umu route. Yeah, I am pulling the Umu route, probably. It's just because I, I love this group. It's literally the group. Hwasa literally, Hwasa's thighs are literally the catalyst that brought Truly Daybok together, so... I don't know. I just I I expect more from them because I've seen what they can do before, and I know what they're capable of as, uh, as a group where their their vocals are unmatched. So maybe go away from chasing the Latin vibes for a bit. Go back to see where you can take the incredible vocals that they have as a group in what genres you can sort of explore with in that, and I think that's where they start. I think that's where they start off uh, going forward. Just see where you can take their vocals from here. Yeah. Uh, Jacob liked it a little bit more than us. Uh, he said, still sticking with the Latin-inspired vibe for this album. We now have the final mini-album in the quadrilogy. I think overall this was a pretty solid release where all the songs on the album are decent that I'd revisit every now and then. While this is true, I don't think this was much was as much evolution from the last release as I would have liked. I'm willing to forgive this due to the fact that this was part of a series, but I'm hoping for a bit more experimentation in the next comeback. Standout tracks for me include Where Are You and especially the hard-hitting My Star, which sounded a lot like Mama Moo singing an edgy boy group song, which I really enjoyed. I thought this was a really strong release, but again, I'm hoping for more new ground to be covered in the next release. Maybe lean into the style of music used in My Star. I think that would actually be an interesting direction to take a more edgy visual style. Um, and so he gave it a 6 out of 7 for music and a 2 out of 3 for concept, so an 8 out of 10 overall. Uh, Cooper's thoughts were as critical as mine. Uh, yeah, well, Cooper, said, Cooper really doesn't like Mamamoo. Damn. He's like, I don't get it anymore. I don't get why everyone likes them. Uh, Cooper says, quote, Most of these tracks feel re- really bare-boned and low-energy to me. I wasn't excited or hyped about any of these. Go Go Baby just sounds like a lesser egotistic, and most of the B-sides are boring. My star is the standout, uh, a jolt of energy at the end of the album. The MV is pretty good. Some of the outfits are questionable, but I enjoy the visuals and their touch of humor, which they always add. He gives a 4 out of 7 for music, a 2.5 out of 3 for concept, leading to a 6.5 out of 10. Now, doing all the math and crunching up the numbers, we get a score of 6.75, which rounds up to a 7. seven, Which seems a little generous. That's very generous, I'd say. uh, I mean, I gave it a 7, but that's a 7 for me. That's like a 4 for you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I think... I think, yeah, what we said, maybe just see what new direction they can go off in. Having a great, having all four members be good at vocals, it doesn't, they're not, they're in no way limited in what kind of genres they can tackle. And Mm -hmm. if anything, maybe give them a break, in all honesty, because right now RBW is preparing another group. I know we'll get, I'll get into this in Produce Cast, uh, or if you're listening to this, I would have addressed this in Produce Cast, but RBW is working on a a new girl group with, like, Nago On and um, other trainees, so, like, maybe it's time to give Mamamoo a a bit of a break, retool what their sound is, and give whatever this new RBW uh, girl group is more of the spotlight. So, that's just, that's just the thought for me. They have won us and hashtag stream Valkyrie. 
Valkyrie was great. <laughs> yeah, there's Baron. They're not. And, you're at this point. RBW is no longer like if maybe in 2015. Not just RB, yeah, 2015-ish, they were, it was just Mamamoo, <laughs> where at this point, they're no in no way starved for groups, so they don't have to rely on just Mamamoo anymore. Bro. Romance is dead, though, right? Like, they're just... They just kind of do, like, <laughs> stuff from time to time, but... Yeah, well, I'm reading their Wikipedia page. It said, uh, so they, they promoted in April last year. August 3rd, they released their seventh single, and it didn't get any music video or promotions. <laughs> And then, as of January 2019, they are not scheduled to have a comeback. <laughs> so, God. please bring Romance back. I love them too. They're oh. they're gonna focus on one us and one we. All right. So let us know in the comments below what your <clears throat> thoughts were on Mavamoo's White Wind. Did you like Gogo Bebe? Did you think this was one of the best? God, why is this coming out of my mouth? Did you think one of the this was one of the best uh, of the seasonal albums? Um, if you, you do, uh, you should <laughs> get, go to a doctor. Yeah, do you, are you in complete agreement with us? Definitely, let us know, especially if you're a hardcore Moo Moo, because I know there's a lot of you out there. So I definitely want to know what everyone's opinions are. Let us know in the comments below. So I think with that, we can just kind of take it out from here. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of. Episode 113, uh, if you're wondering why it was only three topics, uh, we're recording ProduceCast, um, episode, what, eight, nine, who knows? Nine? Nine, I think nine. I... I don't know. I'll find out we're when I switch the ProduceCast, um, yeah. and that'll be coming out, that will have come out before this on Monday as topic one mm-hmm. of this week, um, as its own little thing, uh, just talking about upcoming groups, so check out that. Um, and yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, if you like it, if you liked it, like, subscribe, share, join Discord, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, um, Spotify. Sp- yeah, we're on Spotify now. We're on Google, um, Google Podcast, whatever that's called. <laughs> I don't even know. It's I think it's oh, Google Podcast. I think is what it's called. Um, so yeah, uh, and that's it for us. Um, wait, do you have Take anything? Do we have anything? Uh, like I don't that? have anything. I mean, we have. I don't we have, have anything of... till Korea. So, as you mentioned, there's like March Madness. There's oh uh, yeah, yeah, a lot Discord of stuff, stuff going, going on. on. Um, let yeah, us we're know doing if you... 2013 to 2014 boy group writing, as well as Vix discography writing right now. Mm-hmm. But that kind of got put on hold while we focus on the March Madness visual tournaments, which is mm-hmm. in, very heated. I think top eight right now oh something like that we're getting there elite eight okay um so yeah if you want to participate in any of that again you can reach us at our discord please join it's discord the uh are arguably the best part of this um whole thing uh, let us know if you have any ideas of what our panel should be or what panel ideas we could potentially have for kcon uh, we'll definitely try mm-hmm. to figure that out and get in contact as soon as possible. And if you're attending KCON, yeah, definitely maybe put in a good word for us. Like, tweet at people. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to use my uh-huh. social influence to get what I want. <laughs> we don't have social influence. Uh, Till next time, then. Okay. Stay hidden. <laughs> Stay what? Stay hidden. Because we have no hidden. influence. Throbbingly hidden. Bye bye. Just said, stay sleepless. Stay sleepless. Okay, we can go with that. Throbbingly sleepless. sleepless.